Hey guys, on today's episode, we have Allie Donnelly. Allie is a up and coming electrician, and I want to talk to her about her journey becoming an apprentice and her experience building panels. I do want to note that there are some audio hookups, so without further ado, enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Manufacturing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rawl. Today I'm joined with Allie Donnelly, an apprentice electrician. How are you doing, Allie? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Um, uh, with all of my first-time guests, I tend to uh, ask them kind of you know, how they ended up in manufacturing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. So my mom is actually a nuclear operator and a power engineer. She is the one who realized that I was definitely meant from trades from the beginning when I was running around trying to play with her tools and diapers. It's something that I struggled with my whole life. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be in trades and be like her, if I wanted to be like everybody else, Mm -hmm. be a nurse, be a lawyer. So I actually did decide to take two years of law. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I went and represented the power workers union with my mom on behalf of Ontario Power Generation for two years. And that's where I actually found electrical engineering power tech at Mm -hmm. Mohawk College. So I guess the rest is really history. I hopped into that, diagnosed first. I was one of the only women in my class and I was lucky enough afterwards that I graduated, I got a job right away in my field and thankfully now I'm an apprentice. Yeah, so, um, you know, you're in Canada, correct? Yes, I am yeah. in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, so apprenticeship, I mean, it's it's not, it's, I mean, at least in my experience, not so common in, in the States. What is it like going through like an apprenticeship program? So there's two different ways that you could do it. You could either mm-hmm. apply as an apprentice through one of the colleges through Ontario, and then you would just do the course that way. You would graduate mm-hmm. as an apprentice and then go and work for a company, or you could do it the way that I did. I took um, a program first, electrical engineering, power tech, and then I went and found a job in the kind of field that I wanted to do. I wanted to do more panel building, whereas if you do it the other way and you graduate as an apprentice, you don't have as much reins doing that. So I wanted to make sure at least I had something else to fall back on if the electrician didn't work. So I did it that way and I found it's more beneficial to actually take schooling and then go through as an apprentice because then everything that you're learning and applying out in the field, you've actually learned in school. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, 100%, 100% agree. Um, and then uh, the other thing I noticed, and you kind of touched on a little bit, what was it like um, to represent, you know, the Power Workers Union, you know, at such a young age too? You know, how, how, how was that for you? It was amazing honestly amazing and overwhelming would be the two words for it to see how many incredible strong women there are out in this trade and to also see how many trades there are like i was just shocked i thought trades would just be maybe building a house you're hammering some nails i didn't realize that there was actually over 150 trades yeah so to be able to go and represent such amazing company on top of all that we got to take home pamphlets so we weren't just handing them out to people to kind of benefit them. I got to take these home too, watch these little DVDs. And a lot of it was just people like you and I talking Mm -hmm. and just exchanging information. And that's how a lot of like the information and the interest I find get out is just having someone who works in the trades and you could say like, Hey, I just stepped back from this panel that I just built. I ran 5,000 wires in it and it's going to go and run a factory. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted to build something with my hands rather than be behind a desk the rest of my life. 
No, no, I, I, I get it. And that's, that's definitely something that you're seeing more um, of, you know, so for so long, right, people were gearing more towards the computer. But now I feel like you're starting to see more people that like, you know, I want to get back to the more hands-on stuff. And uh, um, so it's, I, I 100% agree with where you're headed. And, and, and then we've recently connected on LinkedIn and something I've noticed um, you post a lot is are these very uh, pleasantly looking electrical illustrations um, of different things. Does that, you know, does something like that translate into your work life as well? You know, can you kind of walk through you know, basically start to finish on how you how you set up your panel builds? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, I have to give credit where credit yeah. is due. Those notes and those lovely pictographs are not mine. Yeah. Um, I have added some colors and some little mm -hmm. notes in there. They are stuff that I found online. I just, I find the visual aspect and just little bullet points really, really help. Like that transformer sheet had little bullet points, but it had 12 little bullet points explaining what transformers mm -hmm. do. So I just found like putting little marshmallow men and putting colors <laughs> in there actually does yeah. kind of get people's eyes. And then you want to read it, right? You're like, you see all these colors. You're like, wow, transformers. This is actually super cool. Yeah. Even as a experienced engineer at this point, like I still prefer to look at illustration style, you know, diagrams than, you know, technical diagrams. It's just, it's just. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Something showing you what you can yeah. do rather than something telling you what to do. Yeah. yeah right. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, so now, now that, you know, as you're going, so kind of, I'm mechanical by trade, you know, kind of walk me through, you know, your process of, you know, idea to physical panel. Okay. So a typical day for an apprentice electrician mm -hmm. panel builder like myself, uh, you would come in and you would have right now the job that I'm doing, for example, we have customer based drawings. So they send in cust or they send in the drawings that you're to wire to. Um, at the back of these drawings, there's a bill of material, which has all of the parts, the manufacturer, the quantity, everything. So basically, you would have an enclosure come in with a giant back plate, mm -hmm. which is where you're going to put all of the parts off the bill of material onto. So once you get the enclosure in the back plate, the first thing you do after corresponding with the drawing, making sure you have all the correct parts and that it is the correct enclosure showing up mm -hmm. because sometimes it's not. Um, you would then start drilling and tapping the panduit, which is what your wires actually run through. Yep. And then you would drill and tap the DIN rail, which is actually what your uh, devices are mounted onto. And then you would start wiring. You would do the power wiring. You would do your ground and your neutral. You would do your control. So you could do your 124 or 120 VAC first. Mm -hmm and then your 24 VDC after, mm -hmm. like just keep those separate. And yeah, honestly, like after you drill and tap and you mount everything, you're basically ready to go to start wiring. And once that's done, you put some Panduit covers on there and ship it to the customer. So are you are you kind of given a, a layout or is the layout kind of uh, elect, you know, electrician discretion? So it really depends if it's something that isn't customer um, provided, it's something that you would actually create yourself here. Mm -hmm. So in order to create your own um, drawing with your own layout, you mm -hmm. would actually go to Ralston or NEMA, any sort of enclosure website. Yeah. And if you scroll to the bottom, there's actually like AutoCAD and PDF yeah. um, documents and you would click one of those, 
pull it up on AutoCAD. It would show you the exact dimensions of this um, mm -hmm. enclosure and everything. And then basically you start going from there. Go to Allen Bradley, go to Schneider, go to Weidemuller, go to Automation Direct, and just start downloading um, your terminal blocks, your VFDs, mm -hmm. your PLCs, little devices that are going to be in there. And yeah, you just kind of start pulling them, make sure that they're all different colors and really go from there. Make sure it all fits too. That's that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, so I got two questions from that that comment. And the first one is is more of do you do you ever find yourself, you know, at this point, you you see kind of a customer's layout and you look like, hey, look, that's just not gonna work. And you have, you know, you go back and say, I recommend changing this or or are you, do you find yourself more of, you know, if they provide a drawing, you, you just, this is what we make? I, absolutely the first one. Yep. I find that um, learning how someone's brain works through a schematic is not always easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you'll have some people who will put exactly what wire gauge you yeah. need in the photo block, whereas other people, they won't even include that whatsoever yep. in their drawing. So it's um it's definitely a learning curve for sure I'd say um to have to go through and decipher someone else's drawings but it's never been a bad thing when you have had to put through recommendations like hey I think maybe you should move this device over hey maybe we should offset these pieces of panduit a little bit mm -hmm. so we could actually fit the fans in these uh in, in the enclosure so yeah. I mean so far so good on that front um people have been pretty open about recommendations but definitely yes and I I'm sure as the deciphering ones are probably more exciting for you because I feel like if it's somewhat of a challenge for you, you're learning more and it's it's you know you're it just it just further validates what you're doing when you come to a a, a final resolution. Absolutely, knowing like why you're going to put this yeah. there, how it's going to work there, and why it's better there than it is in the other corner. Absolutely. Um. So the the follow up question was, and you kind of touched on it. Um, now I've seen, you know, a bunch of panels now and, and I tend to see kind of the similar components. Do you find yourself like favoring some components, you know, um, you know, whether it be PLCs, power supplies, you know, are, you know, are you, do you use a variety or do you tend to kind of stick to what works and, and you found that that's usually what everyone else has been doing too? So it really depends. Like say it's something sent in from the customer and the customer is buying um, the products and providing them for us, then we don't really have like say necessarily mm -hmm. on what we want in the panel. But if it was us, absolutely. Like we, um, I personally myself am a huge fan of Schneider and Phoenix. And yep. I think they not only look beautiful in a panel, but they work extremely efficiently. Like that, I know that competitive manufacturing costs are huge. So. Yeah. To work with like companies like that who also produce such high quality products, like yep. if it was my choice, I absolutely would go with that. But most of the time, it's um, products provided by the customer, which is pretty cool because then I get to see all the different um, distributors throughout Ontario. Yep. Like I've met people from City Electric, I've met people from yep. Province Supply, I've met people from Automation Direct, like people that I didn't know um, existed three months ago and that have helped me every day in my career. So yep. yeah, all I right. think it's awesome. Are you, and so I don't, I don't know, um, at least on the electrical component side, of how bad it is. I know some some issues, but are you definitely feeling the the pain and struggle of you know supply shortage for some of the electrical components? 
Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It has been so difficult. Like panel building is something that I take pride in and yeah. it's something that I love doing. And when I have a panel downstairs that only has half the parts on it, because <laughs> yeah. we ordered the parts three months ago and they're still not here. It, it is really frustrating to not be able to go forward in these projects or or post on LinkedIn and be like, hey, this is my after project. Yeah, no. And, uh, that's what a lot of people like is seeing the before and after. But yeah, I've been noticing this for probably three to four months. And I heard that it's it's supposed to get even worse, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I've heard um, really nothing good until maybe 2023. So That's uh, exactly that. Everything's <laughs> stuck in the pipe. And what yeah. I think someone needs to do is go over and pick this pipe so that these parts <laughs> get flowing to us. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I'm I'm with you. Uh, my electrical team here is is definitely on the struggle bus uh, as well in terms of getting stuff here. Um, you know, and and even you know it, it's translated. You know, beyond electrical components, obviously, and I'm sure you know everyone knows. But you know, steel, everything is is just becoming an issue. And and we've seen um, on our on our enclosures. You mentioned that they come in wrong. Uh, we stopped ordering custom and just do the drilling and, and the cutouts ourselves now because um, we can get a standard enclosure in a week or two. Custom enclosures was like 24, 25 weeks, and then it comes in wrong, and then you're like, wow, uh, this is not good. So we've actually just ordered the blanks and cut ourselves. Yeah, and that's amazing, the fact that like, you could use a jigsaw that yeah. you're able to pull up prior and just do that because it's something that we've had to do recently too mm -hmm. is – just kind of take a step back on that and just really start doing everything that we possibly can. So the panel downstairs, we have half of the parts right now, mm -hmm. but we were allowed to go ahead and make sure that all the cutouts were at least done. So, I mean, it's not ideal to have a panel yep. half done down there, but at the same time, everybody's doing their best, which I understand. We're being told from our distributors as well that we're not able to get these parts in. Mm -hmm. So like a VFD, something that we could get in maybe a week, it's taking four and a half months to get. Yep. And then um, in terms of wiring panels, there's, in my experience, two types of electricians, right? There's the, the, the functional electrician who just, you know, direct, you know, right out in the open. And then there's, you know, the OCD electrician who, you know, very pretty wires are all uniform. Which one do you fall under? OCD. I didn't even have to think about <laughs> yeah. that one. I love going into a place and making it look cleaner than what it was before. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, hats off to the the ones that make it very aesthetically pleasing. Um, it just looks, it looks really good, but it, it's, it's, it takes time. And I know, you know, just careful thought too, right? Cause you got to know where all the cables are going. And that's the thing, too, is taking a step back from the layout and the panel and being like, okay, if I were in the field, where is this going to be mounted? Mm -hmm. What's going to be the easiest way for the field, guys? Because I know a lot of panel builders, technically, you're supposed to pull into the left side on terminal blocks so that yeah. it's easier for the field guys to pull in on the right. Because the last thing you want is a six foot four, 250 pound man laying down on the ground trying to get a little wire in, yeah. right? So it's not just... Um, making the panels like look super nice i also try to think about the field guys and mm -hmm. where this is going to go and how it's going to look um now you mentioned the field can you or are you able to maybe talk uh any maybe panels you've done that you know maybe 
you were able to kind of simplify so much on the user's end, but you know they're actually kind of controlling maybe some very complex systems. Absolutely, and that's the thing. So um, I know that typically panels usually only it's usually just simple outputs that control complex automation processes, but it can honestly be anything from you powering up a, like a high-speed saw blade that mm-hmm. could be the size of this whole room. You could be running an HMI or PLC that's actually running a robotic arm that's going to pick up coils or going to pick up something mm-hmm. and then putting them on a belt. So a lot of what we do is industrial. So um, a lot of the panels that I would build would run and stop conveyors. They would, mm-hmm. um, the ones downstairs that I have right now, there's a washer, a dryer, and a burner. So it's going to wash mm-hmm. the paint off of like whatever it is. Yep. It's going to dry the paint onto it and then burn the last coat onto it. So it's it's really different. It's cool. Like last week I was building a helium pump station or sorry, a helium fill station. The week yep. before that I was uh, building a lighting panel for Buffalo. Like you just, you really never know where things are going to go. And I think that's the coolest part of it is taking a step back and being like, wow, applications are endless in this field. This is pretty cool. Oh yeah. No, definitely. I mean, that's just engineering in general, right? You have, you have your discipline and you have your focus and you're so focused on what you're providing. You, you know, it's always a, just, a great thing to be able to see it all kind of come together, you know. Absolutely, it, and um, I don't think like most people realize how, how um, how much, or sorry, how massive industrial processes are. Like, it could be anything from your garage door opening to start like benefiting a whole infrastructure of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Like, the possibilities, like I said, are really endless, and I think that's what's so neat about it is. I thought I was just going to be an electrician, maybe wiring up receptacles. And now just everything that I've been shown, I'm sitting here on a podcast. Like yeah. you, you never know where you're going to be in trades. And I think that's, um, that's the best piece of advice I could give is just to go for it. Yeah. No, don't, like, don't, yeah, for sure. don't look back. Honestly, the worst you're going to get is a no. And being a woman in trades, like I think there's 5% of skilled trades, women yep. workers in all of Canada. And this has been the most fun I've ever had in my life these past six months. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> had a lot of beers and ripped out a lot of my hair, yeah. but it has been amazing and I wouldn't change it for the world. No, that's, that's, that's truly great that you're able to, you know, realize that so early on in your career that, you know, that this is for sure what I want to do. And, and so, um, so yeah, so that's great that you're able to do that. And, um, you know, the 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 other question kind of that I had, um, it's it's in what ways does a good panel design really benefit the customer's automation process? That's a good question. So I think what a lot of people struggle with in panel building. So you'll have um, like a controls engineer or like an electrical designer make your drawings for mm-hmm. you, and then they send them to your company. A lot of the people I find creating the drawings aren't actually working out in the field. So they don't know where mm-hmm. these panels are going or what's going to be the best possible way or the layout. So I think that's kind of where us panel builders come in when we do have a little bit of field experience or we get to go see field installs is, okay, well, this is the layout I've been given. Clearly this isn't going to work because these wires, it's just not going to run there. This device isn't going to fit there. And if I put it on the wall, this panel is going to end up scraped or it's going to end up on the ground. So mm-hmm. it's just having a good understanding and knowledge of where can I put this and what is my best option? And a lot of it is playing Tetris. Yeah. Just 
it's all trial trial and error in electrical honestly yeah like it's a lot of troubleshooting and just figuring out oh this isn't gonna work okay well we'll try this that's not gonna work well third time's a charm this is definitely gonna work <laughs> yeah no i it's funny because you know my level electrical it's just you know my house right you know i'm wiring my house and um i've i've shocked myself with 120 volt vac several times because i didn't realize that the uh, the the bathroom had multiple GFIs on the one circuit, so yeah. Um, you know, I turn them all off, and then you know, definitely get that buzz um, feeling. And uh, but you know, I can say as a mechanical guy, one of my favorite things to do is electrical stuff, just because it's I it's unknown to me, and it's it's fun just learning new stuff. And I feel like every time I do something electrical. I always, you know, it's always something else. So I'm always constantly learning. And, you know, now people call me and say, you know, here's the list of things that I troubleshoot with. You know, first is the GFI popped, you know, and all this stuff. And it's, it's, it's exciting. I said it, you know, aside from you said you it know, so perfectly. being electrocuted. So, <laughs> so, no, I mean, okay. So the rest of what you said was exciting. Yeah. Being yeah, yeah. So much. yeah. So that's the thing too, is um like, when you're in your own house, you're comfortable yeah. and something that you never can be with, um, with electricity is comfortable. Yeah. So I guess I made the same mistake. I shocked myself to <laughs> one of the breakers in my apartment. Yeah. I didn't shut the power off before doing it. And that's something that you need to do is make sure your power is always off. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're safe. Even grab a little voltmeter if you have to make sure that none of those GFIs are on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like you said, it's all about trial and error, but I find it so cool that there's other people like a mechanical engineer who's sitting here saying, like, I think electrical is so cool. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I think trades is all about is supporting one another, or so, sorry, supporting one another yeah. in what we love. Yeah, yeah. Here, you know, at Promus, you know, we deal with 480, so I leave it to the professionals. You know, I don't, I don't mess around <laughs> with that one. Uh, <laughs> We've definitely seen some sparks, so it, it was definitely an indicator to me that, yeah, you, you guys can handle that. I'll just stick to the the nuts and bolts um, well, side of things. Well, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Even not tightening a nut or a bolt yeah. on a disconnect could cause a 30-feet arc. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, uh, the kind of last thing I want to wrap up uh, is, is, you know, you're so early on in your career, you know, what – what bit of advice would you give to someone else who's just starting out, um, you know, a girl um, or, or a guy, just anyone, you know, any apprentice starting out in the electric, electrical field, you know, do you have any advice for them? Absolutely. I would honestly say to never give up. I know it's scary that it, sometimes it's terrifying, mm -hmm. but the best possible thing that you could do is to choose something you love and to choose something that you take pride in. Like, I would love to see more women in trades. Like out here, the guys do circles around me mm -hmm. downstairs and don't get me wrong. Maybe in a few years, I'll be doing circles around them. But yeah, the best piece of advice I could give is to dive right in and don't be scared and to ask questions, ask for help, ask for help a million times. Like it's okay to ask for help and reach out, meet all the connections that you could possibly meet. Like don't just choose a trade and think, Oh, I'm going to be building houses forever. Get out there meet the, like meet the customers, mm -hmm. meet the clients, understand what you're doing and have a love and a passion for it. So that when you do go show up at a factory, like, I built that. Look yeah. how amazing that looks. Yeah. And I think that's the best feeling is that 
there's a lot of 18 to 25 year olds that could be running the world one day. Like there's a bunch of boomers who are retiring. There's a lot of spots that need to be taken. And I think that millennials need to really, really grab onto those because Mm -hmm. it's, it's the most amazing feeling to step back and be like, I built that house. I drywalled all the walls in there. Like I'm the one who wired the Rogers dome in Toronto. You know what I mean? Like that's what you get to take away from it. Not just a paycheck. Yep. Well, Allie, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, uh, I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll be in touch soon. Um, And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Until next time. Thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by Promise Incorporated, hosted by Matthew Rawl, produced by myself, Lauren Rawl, mixed and edited by Ben Parsons. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at podcast at promiseinc.com. Thank you.